Live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, it's time for the Exit Exchange. Brought to you by XPX Atlanta. Dedicated to changing the trajectory of exit planning services in the Southeast. Now, here's your host. And hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Exit Exchange. I'm John Ray, alongside David Chavzin and Bob Tanksley. David, Bob, great to see you again. Hey, Thanks. John. Thanks for having us. Hey, thanks, John. Appreciate it. Abs- uh, looking forward to our sixth episode of the Exit Exchange. Absolutely, we're we're old veterans at this point, right? So uh, we've had a good run at it, and uh, we've got another great guest uh, for you today, folks. Uh, but before we get into that, I just want to remind you that the Exit Exchange is brought to you by XPX Atlanta, the Atlanta chapter of the Exit Planning Exchange, and XPX Atlanta is fundamentally changing the trajectory of exit planning services in the Southeast. XPX Atlanta delivers a collaborative-based networking exchange, a broad representation of exit planning competencies, and a bridge spanning value building, value transfer, and life legacy for business owners. If you want more information, go to xpxatlanta.org. And now I want to welcome... Michael Bull. Michael is with Bull Realty. Michael, welcome. Hi, John. Thank you. Appreciate uh, you guys having me on the show today. It's great to have you. So let's talk about you and your practice and how you're serving folks out there. Oh, great. I appreciate it. Well, I'm a commercial real estate broker and uh, I'm headquartered in Atlanta, licensed in nine states around the country. And uh, I have a team of about 50 people that uh, I work with and support me here. And uh, we help uh, companies uh, find space uh, for their businesses. Uh, we help uh, businesses and companies buy and sell uh, real estate. Uh, we do things like sell lease backs and site selection and tenant representation and sell uh, income investment properties. Uh, I also lead a team myself that sells large office buildings uh, around the country. Um, and then some people know me because I have a little show. I have America's Commercial Real Estate Show that we've been doing for about 10 and a half years. Uh, and uh, so uh, that's how some people know me as well. Michael, you're into a lot of different market sectors there through through Bull Realty. Uh, I know you guys well. You're serving uh, office, multifamily, hospitality, industrial, senior, self-storage. I mean, medical is just, it's all over the place. What uh, this is kind of a broad-based question, but what are you seeing out there in terms of current market conditions? Uh, confine that to different seg- sectors if you want, or, or just keep it broad either way, but what, what's going on? Yeah, well, Bob, it's an interesting time. Um, probably some of the most interesting I've seen in my 35-year career, 35 year career. So obviously, it depends on the size of the uh, property and location, if it's leased or vacant in the sector. But when you look at the uh, various sectors, um, industrial is just kicking behind. I mean, industrial properties are sought after. Uh, income properties are just incredibly low cap rates. Uh, multifamily is the same. That that sector is just on fire. Uh, investors are really uh, driving a lot of capital toward the multifamily market. Another market that's doing extremely well is the single tenant net lease market, which is good news, I think, for a lot of this audience. Uh, you know, the long-term lease single tenant properties with with credit tenants, there's a lot of investors that 
uh, are buying those properties. Uh, for example, he's put a drugstore on the market for five million at a five cap, and we have a line out the door to buy it. All cash, buyers pay, closing costs. Uh, it's just just an incredible market for these single tenant net lease properties. Um, and then you get into the property types that are having a little more of a struggle. Uh, office market, uh, there it really depends. Uh, as you know, a lot of people are kind of questioning where they need office. Some people, a lot of people working from home. But uh, so there's a lot of suburban, small office buildings, uh, medical office buildings, government leased office buildings. Those markets are really hot. We saw a lot of medical office and government leased office around the country. Uh, compressed cap rates, a lot of demand. Uh, and But then the uh, large office buildings with elevators and CBDs, uh, those are uh, not as much demand right now. Uh, they're selling around the country, but selling for slightly less. I think there might be a lot of opportunity for investors uh, in the office market as, as, the, as that kind of comes back in vogue, right, to be in your office and be around people. And then retail, it really depends. Uh, you know, the single tenant uh, retail properties uh, are doing, most of those are doing really well. Of course, some of the malls are struggling. Uh, but, you know, a lot of the grocery anchored uh, shopping centers and a lot of the strip centers in the suburban markets are really doing well. Uh, so it's kind of hit or miss uh, for uh, retail. Well, a lot of activity. It sounds like great, uh, great opportunities on both sides. You know, our um, our audience here at uh, on, the, on the radio show is primarily made up of advisors to business owners, thing, occupations like bankers, valuation firms, M&A people, CPAs, attorneys, ba- business consultants, and wealth managers. And a lot of their clients are business owners who also own the real estate that the business is operating out of. So for that kind of situation, what are some ways that uh, their business owner clients can think about their real estate holdings? Well, one thing uh, they might consider is, especially if they're considering down the road, potentially uh, selling their business or they're not. As I mentioned, uh, the single tenant net lease market with long-term leases, investors are really clamoring after those properties. You know, interest rates are really low. So if you have a building that you, uh, and you have a stable company and you create a 10 year plus lease um, and you have strong credit, um, you can get a really big number for that property uh, and then have a long-term hold, a uh, leasehold. So it's, you still own it. You still, you still control it, I would say. Uh, you, and you have a lease, so you have the advantages of that lease. Um, and you can really get some strong returns. To give you a quick example, I was just on the phone with a client this morning. He's trying to decide whether to lease a building or potentially buy it. Um, and thought he might be paying a little much if he bought it. But when we did the numbers and we said, well, if we create a 10-year lease, you, you buy it. We create a 10-year lease for it. And then we sell it at a uh, eight cap rate. Um, you're going to have a 200 grand profit day one. So it's possible this guy could buy, buy this contract to buy the building, create the 10-year lease. We sell it to an investor and he showed, the investor shows up at the closing and instead of our tenant, our business owner, just leasing space, uh, he's going to put 200 grand in his pocket and have a lease. So he's asking me, Michael, should I lease or buy this building? Well, you could have your cake at 82. We could have the flexibility of a lease and put 200 grand in your pocket. He's like, Michael, I love you. Let's do this. <laughs> so uh, there's a good opportunity now to think about sell leasebacks and if it's right for you and the benefits for your company. 
uh, and uh, because interest rates are low and demand is so high. And there's a lot of 1031 money in the market right now, 1031 exchanges where uh, investors can sell an income property exchange into another one and defer the gain. Uh, and the Biden tax plan is talking about planning to limit that to $500,000. If it does, that's going to take out most of the 1031s for commercial real estate, which means there'll be less cash in the market. So a lot of investors right now are doing a lot of transactions. There's a lot of money in the market. So it's kind of an interesting year here at 2021 to consider a sell leaseback while there's so much liquidity in the market, interest rates are low, because if the Biden tax plan does go through, we have increased capital gains, we have increased tax rates, you know, we have the 1031 limit to 500,000 real estate values are going to take a little bit of a hit, there's going to be a lot less capital in the market. So uh, it's kind of a nice window to kind of look at that and see if it's right for your business to do that. Michael, um, so you got into a lot of interesting things <laughs> and uh, talking through it quickly, right? And um, our audience probably are not all real estate experts, and so they can certainly follow up with you on, on particular topics. Uh, for the moment, come back to, you know, it, 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 for that owner, um, it may be just that single tenant, they own the building, they have the business, it's been there forever. What, what, what considerations just at a basic level should the uh, owner be thinking about leading up to a sale of the building, you know, whether it's five years or three years, whatever the timeline is, but, you know, is it, is it like the house, you know, do the kitchen, do the, do the bathrooms and uh, paint, um, you know, what, what are some top line considerations for those who might be close? Yeah. First of all, I want to think about, are you selling a, uh, a, a vacant, you know, user deal property? Or are you selling an income property? Right. So if you're doing a sell lease back, uh, then you would consider, you know, how long the lease are you comfortable with? How strong a guarantee can you can you provide? Because that's going to create create more value uh, for the for the sale price. And then if you're trying to sell a a vacant building, let's say your business is moving out, then one of the big mistakes you want to avoid is only having it for sale, because most businesses want a lease. Uh, and so if you've got a user building, whether it's industrial, office, retail, and you say, well, I only want to sell it, I don't want to be in the landlord business. Well, guess what? You're going to lose probably 80, 90 percent of your prospects because they want a lease because of all the benefits and flexibility of a business having a lease. Um, so a lot of times we have to get a we had a really big client who just wanted to sell a huge building, uh, a big international client. And they had their brokers were just trying to sell it. And I'm like, all right, well, that's the problem here. Let us also try to lease it. Once we lease it, there's a lot of buyers. Right. And most users want a lease. So we, if we go ahead and put it for lease and then if, if let's say that your client uh, business owner doesn't want to be a landlord, I, I don't want to be a landlord. I just want to sell it. Okay. Well, then we'll take it to the market for lease. We'll tell the tenants and tenant reps that they have one that, Hey, this lease is contingent on us popping an investor in here, which will co- coordinate with the investor. So the business owner uh, doesn't have to be a landlord. We'll just create a lease and a sale. Um, and, the, and another tip I would give you is, is uh, you know, just think about supply and demand. If you're selling uh, a real estate, like you're selling anything else, just like you guys, when you're selling the businesses, you, you know, if you create more demand and get some competition going, you get more value out of things. So, you know, think about that when you're taking something to market, you know, use a, a broker that, that focuses on that specialty that has great relationships and databases and uses the right marketing systems and, and actually look 
at what the broker does if you're hiring a broker to sell it? How do they actually go about it and, and hold them to it? Quick, quick follow-up question, just narrowing down and in very current times today with that that industrial market, um, is is that a little bit easier these days to sell or is it still the same, same ball guy? It seems yeah. like there's a lot of demand there for purchase. Yeah. Lease yeah, aside. It, okay. Absolutely. So if it's leased, it's an extremely good time. So if it's sell lease back. Uh, if it's a user property, uh, it's still a good time. And, and then it'll just depend on specific property, right? The ceiling height, the location, um, you know, the, the viability of the building, uh, how many tenants can use it, how much demand is it for that location. Hey, Michael, can we circle back to uh, to 1031? Can can our audience get uh, kind of a brief primer on how that works? It sounds like it's potentially in jeopardy, at least in terms of its effectiveness uh, uh, and the deal sizes that can be run using a 1031 strategy. Right. Uh, but for those that aren't familiar with it, what does that look like for uh, for property owners or investors? Yeah. So in, in brevity, it's been around for 100 years. So hopefully uh, Biden's group doesn't uh, get rid of it. It, cr- it creates revenue and jobs, um, and it's really great for, for the economy. And uh, what it allows you to do is take uh, sell a property and do a like-kind exchange into another property uh, and, and defer the taxes on the gain. Um, so uh, like-kind means property held for your business. If you buy another property held for your business, or property held for investment, and you buy another property held for investment, and you can do a simultaneous exchange where you do that at, at one table, one time. Anybody goes to a table anymore, uh, or you can do a delayed exchange where you close the relinquished property sale, and then you have forty day, forty five days from that time period to identify property or properties. And then you have 180 days from the sale of that relinquished property to actually close on the replacement property. And it's been a, uh, the 1031 exchange. It's been an incredible boom for the economy. Um, and uh, so it, hopefully it keeps going. And I think because of the possibility of it being restricted to $500,000 is why there's a lot of liquidity uh, in the market right now. We've really never seen uh, business so robust uh, in the income market. Folks, we're here chatting with Michael Bull. Michael is the CEO of Bull Realty, and he's uh, really all things commercial real estate. So, uh, uh, so Michael, put on your prognostication hat, if you would, um, since we're recording this and we can hold you to it next year. Uh, t- tell us, tell us uh, what I mean. What is the five hundred thousand uh, threshold? Do you think that's what's going to come out in legislation, or what, how, how's that going to transpire do you think john that's a good question i i don't know that anybody knows uh if that's going to happen or not the 1031 has been on the chopping block uh in uh, past uh times and the major associations out there uh ahoa the uh, the hotel association the icsc the retail so every association knows how terrible it would be uh, for the economy and for jobs and for real estate values. So there's a lot of people that are trying to uh, educate uh, our representatives to let them know how bad a move that would be. But I think, uh, you know, the representatives, the, the government, uh, you know, they, they see the icing on the cake of the deferred income taxes on these sales. 
Um, but they need to look at all the layers of the cake under it uh, that you know, the creating the jobs in the, it's great for farmers. It's great for small business. It's great for hotel owners. It's, it's an incredible job creation. And that's why it's been around for a hundred years. So I don't know, but a lot of people are feeling uh, that uh, own commercial real estate and buy and sell it, that uh, if there's a possibility, uh, you know, the government's given out a lot of money to a lot of people and they're looking for places to get it. And I think real estate or the people think of real estate as these rich people, you know, deferring gains. Um, and so it, it could, it could get hit. So I think that's why, uh, this window of, of, of doing transactions and values in, in 2021 is kind of so interesting to people. Hey, Michael Bull Realty's got a, uh, based here in Atlanta, got a, a strong Southeast footprint. Our chapter is based here in Atlanta. A lot of our members have a, uh, have a Southeast footprint. So, so good overlap. We were excited to have you here on the show. What are you seeing on a, on a, uh, a hyper-local level, North Georgia, the Atlanta metro area, um, movement in different directions, certain certain markets and sub-markets uh, falling into favor, heating up, falling out of favor, falling behind. What do you see in there? You know, Bob, uh, around Atlanta, almost every sub-market around Atlanta is doing well. You know, we've certainly seen some of the kind of closer in, in-town areas that uh, just crazy boom town. Right. And then we're seeing some of the close in suburbs as well that are just doing extremely well. Um, so I think, you know, all areas around Metro Atlanta are strong. You know, there's a lot of national reports out that uh, Atlanta is one of the great cities and markets to invest in, uh, you know, a, a fire. The um, Association of Foreign Investors, they just came out a report and said that Atlanta is a great place to invest you know, the PwC ULI report, Atlanta is a great place to invest. A lot of institutional capital that used to look at the major uh, central business districts uh, for many, many years, you know, left Atlanta off the list. And now a lot of investors are looking at uh, secondary cities, which in an international investor base, we're considered a secondary city. Um, and a lot of people are looking at cities like uh, Austin and Atlanta and uh uh, so I think, you know, investing uh, in, in metro Atlanta areas uh, be hard to go wrong in, in most any area. So, so Michael, uh, take out your crystal ball again um, as we record this. Uh, all, all that said, you know, it's a crazy time. We're June 2021 with all kinds of craziness going on. Um, you know, what, what, when, does, when does commercial real estate start to slide back down? You know, should we, should we buy despite interest rates being low, et cetera? You know, should people buy now or wait a little bit? Yeah, David, that, that's a great question. You know, I think long term um, real estate's always been a great investment. So while it may take some uh, dips here and there and, and cycles, you know, I think if you're a long term investor, real estate's a, a strong investment because you know it has the benefits of of leverage and freight infra- and inflation. Right. So over time, that leverage benefit and that inflation benefit uh, make real estate a great investment. If you have a strong, uh, you know, they just want to look at each individual property and tenant base and make sure. So I think real estate is still a great investment. Uh, and might it cycle down? Well, if, if all these tax changes happen, the 1031 exchange gets limited, capital gains in some cases is doubling. Uh, real estate will take a hit. Uh, but it will come back like it always has. Um, and uh, so I think it's a, a great time 
uh, to invest if you're thinking long term. If you're going to buy a commercial property uh, and try to flip it, you know, in a year or two, probably not the best time, unless you are a user and you're creating that value by leasing yes. it, right? Yeah, and thinking along those lines comes, you know, back to our audience of uh, both our client base and our members' clients on the buy side. You know, and a lot of these folks are the baby boomers, so it may not be the right play to buy, even if they're buying a business now, if they're getting out in five years or something. A little bit more of a gamble there unless they don't want to be long-term real, real estate holders. Yeah, and I think the other thing, if you're, you're buying businesses, you know, you know, what are your, your multiples, your return, right? Typically, you're getting a much larger return you know, buying a business uh, than you are buying real estate. Um, so, you know, I think uh, that that's one of the questions that, you know, my client had this morning, you know, that I had for him rather. I said, look, if, if you could invest a couple hundred grand in your business uh, or another business, he owns multiple, you know, what, what kind of return could you get? So you should think about that if you're going to invest in the real estate uh, for, and if you're going to own it and not, you know, do a sell lease back and get back, right back out of it. That's a great you know, one thing. That, that is uh, one thing we we're we're big on here during these radio shows and in our monthly meetings is um, advisors. You know, stay close to your your business owner clients that in this in some cases may also own the property. And if there's a business owner slash uh, real estate owner listening as well, stay close to your advisors. It's it's a two way street. Um, you know, find competent advisors A and B. You know, stay as close to them as you can, because they're doing what they do day in and day out, uh, doing good work for people. Um, Amen, not really brother. A, Amen, brother. Yeah. <laughs> not and really COVID's over. It's, it's, close, it's safe now, right? We can all get together. That's right. Yeah. Not really a question as much as an observation, but uh, we, we notice here in our chapter, um, the best advisors do tend to t- stay close. I'm sure you, you know, all of your, uh, all of your brokers in your shop, are doing the same thing as well. What does the landscape look like out there in terms of who uh, business owners can turn to for uh, real estate, um, real estate transaction advice? You know, I think it, uh, if they want to call me or email me, I, I, I can give a few minutes of, <laughs> of advice to anyone and maybe put them in the right direction. Um, you know, I hate when, uh, uh, a client does something, uh, a future client, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. I had a guy uh, call us to sell a, a large medical office building uh, or company, and uh, they had just renewed a lease a year before, six months before, and they allowed something to go on the lease that lent, that hurt their value on the building by $2 million. And I asked him, I said, you know, when you were renewing this lease with a single tenant, you know, um, why didn't you call us and get our opinion on what that particular clause we do to your valuation. And he said, well, you know, I didn't have it listed with you at the time. And so I just didn't want to bother you. I'm like, you could bother me over $2 Please bother me. of value, you know? So, you know, pick up it to your point, you know, pick up the phone and call your advisor. Uh, but if it involves commercial real estate, uh, you know, call me. And if I'm not the right guy, we'll try to put you in the right direction uh, wherever, whatever type of property or situation you have or in location. Can can we dig into that just a little more, uh, Michael? Because that that's an important point you just made. I mean, what what are what's the most the most common mistakes maybe you see in leases that impair value that business owners and advisors need to be aware of? 
And, you know, and if I may, John, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, and both sides of that, Michael, maybe, you know, talk about it, put your, put your business owner hat signing the lease, but also the uh, owner of the building. Yeah, I mean, that's a very good point and question because um, I see uh, uh, clients get involved with pretty high priced attorneys when they're doing sales agreements and sales contracts. And and I'm like, all right, guys, you're spending a lot of energy and time and money on this. And this contract is going to last you know, maybe 60 days. And the, the buyer is going to do inspections and have due diligence and he's going to buy it or not. If the title's good and you're spending all this money and time, but I'll see companies and landlords get involved in leases and they're more flippant about it. And I'm like, guys, this lease could last, you know, three years, 10 years, 20 years. It could have huge impact for you as a business owner and huge impact for you as a, as a owner of the property. Um, and, uh, and don't be flippant about it. And there's, about a hundred clauses in leases that are extremely important to tenants. So I think, you know, what we want to do as advisors is, is really understand their business and you know, their goals, their challenges, uh, their plans, um, look at their competition, look at their sector and, and then try to help them figure out what's most important to them in the future. And a lot of times when you do that, um, you help them with something that they don't know until a year or two or three down the road and they need it. And you've, uh, you've taken care of it for them in the lease because you realized it was important. Quick example, Laurie called me one day, does real estate residential closings. He said, Michael, quick question for you. Another residential real estate closing office opened in my center. My business went down 50% day one. <laughs> my margins are 10%. He said, I'm losing money. I said, well, let me ask you a question. Look at your lease and see if you have a non-compete clause with that landlord for that business. He said, I'll check. He calls me back 15 minutes later. No, I don't have that. Then I asked him, I said, no, this is just a curiosity question. Who was your tenant rep when you did that lease? And this is what he actually said. I I saved that money. (laughs) Meaning they did it themselves. (laughs) They did it themselves, right? And most big law firms hire tenant reps. Okay. So I, I think if you're a, a tenant, make sure you have a great tenant rep. It's the, if you're ever going to hire a commercial real estate broker for anything to do anything, if you have a business and you need space, that's the time to hire one. Great advice from Michael Bull with Bull Realty. Uh, Michael, this has been great. And uh, we could keep going for quite a while because there's a lot we could get to but uh we're gonna have to let you go uh, do some work but in the meantime let's get to the most important question for those that would like to be in touch uh take you up on that offer to give some give some advice and give some pointers uh how can they do that yeah just bullrealty.com you can find me there um and uh my email and phone number my contacts there uh uh or michael at bullrealty.com terrific michael bull bull realty Thanks so much for being with us. I enjoyed it, John. Uh, Guys, Bob, David, thank you for having me on. Thanks again. Enjoyed it, Michael. Thanks. Thanks much. Uh, Folks, just a quick reminder, you can find our show, The Exit Exchange, on all the major podcast platforms. Uh, You can find our complete archive of shows. Uh, If you're near a computer, you can go to xpxatlantaradio.com. Find our complete archive there. We would love it if you would find the show on your favorite podcast app, subscribe, and uh, give us a five-star review. It's not about 
us. It's about giving, uh, helping people find the show that they and uh, they can take advantage of the great uh, guests we have, like Michael, who give uh, terrific advice for business owners and their advisors. So we would love it uh, if you would do that for us. David, Bob, another great one. Yeah, excellent. Show number six. Appreciate it, John. Yeah, looking forward to uh, uh, next show. We've got a whole series planned, uh, uh, folks. If you're a business owner or advisor to business owners, uh, stay in touch with us, and uh, you, I think you'll. You got, we've got some great uh, shows planned, so uh, we'd love it. Uh, uh, if, and we'd love to hear from you. So uh, be in touch, and you can find our our contact information in the show notes as well. So for uh, David Chavzin and Bob Tanksley, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on the Exit Exchange.